everybody. Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I am your hostess with the mostest, Coach Kelly Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. It is St. Patrick's Day 2019, and I am just so thankful that you guys are here with me today. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for you guys showing up and showing out every week. And I know I say that every week, and I say it because I really, really do appreciate you guys so much. You know, I I love doing this podcast. It is something that was so out of my box of things that I thought I would enjoy doing or even would want to do. And since I've done it, it has just really been eye-opening for me. And I love being able to share all of these things and help so many people and reach so many people in a different way. And every week, I you know, I really think about what it is that I want to talk to you guys about. I'm always listening in conversations. I'm looking at memes. I'm reading emails. And, you know, there's always something that comes up and I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be a podcast. And I write it down. I could be listening to another podcast, which is partly where this one came from today. Now, today's episode is uh, number 23 and it's called, Are You Ready to Listen? And that could be, <laughs> I don't know how in your face that sounds, but by the end of this, you're probably going to feel like I'm all up in your face, <laughs> just like I've been for the last three weeks. And this episode is really inspired by several different things that happened over the last couple of weeks. So I listened to Rachel Hollis with the Rise podcast, and she had shared a keynote speech that she had done where she was talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs, men and women alike, she was one of the few women that were on stage and she was talking about mom guilt. And for those of you that aren't sure what mom guilt is or you haven't really put a title to it, if you are an entrepreneur mom or you are a full-time working mom, you are not a stay-at-home mom, you don't have to, you know, you, you have to work or you want to work. Maybe you're in a situation where you don't have to, but you enjoy working. And so you go do your nine to five or you're chasing your dream or whatever. And then you have other people outside your circle. Maybe it's even people that's inside your circle, people in your family that don't understand why you would work if you don't have to. That was Rachel Hollis's story where, you know, she was running her blog and she had already had five employees. Her blog was making six figures a year. Her husband at the time had just started making enough money where she did not have to work, which, you know, she said it's such a super blessing to be able to have that weight lifted off of you knowing that you don't have to work. But she really enjoyed what it was that she was doing. That was just a part of her DNA. You know, she'd done that ever since she was 18 years old or 17 years old. And so she, you know, volunteered the first year with her first son at school and she hated it. And she says, like, I love the PTA moms, man. Like, I will write a check. I will go to the store and buy all the cakes it is that you need and bring it for your bake sale. But volunteering, I'm not going to do. And she shared about all of that hate mail that she got saying that she was a terrible mom because, you know, she said there was one in particular that said, well, it must be nice that you got somebody else raising your kids. And she threw out a very valid point. She was like, nobody asked my, my husband why he was working and not being at home with the kids. Like, as women, we are taught from a very young age that we have to take care of everybody else. 
we become the people pleasers. We have to take, we have to put our children first. We have to put our husband first. If we do work a job, we've got to put our job first. Our dreams, our goals, our aspirations, all of that is put on the back burner for everybody else. There's no question about that's the way it's supposed to be. And if you don't do it the way society and other people say it's supposed to be, then you are a bad mom. Well, I call bullshit. I'm just going to throw that out there. So before we get really deep into this today, let's take a minute and listen to this week's sponsors. And we will be right back with Are You Ready to Listen? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So as I was saying, I was talking about Rachel Hollis, where she was talking about, you know, how people were giving her a hard time because she did not want to be a full-time mom. She did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. She loved being an entrepreneur. Her kids have never known anything but her being an entrepreneur. And it just baffles me that other people think that they have the right and that it's okay to tell you what you should do with your life, how you should raise your kids, whether you should be a stay-at-home mom or whether you should go to work. That's your decision and your decision alone. And then she said something that just like, it got stamped on my forehead when she said it. She was like, quit giving people in the cheap seats an expensive opinion in your life. I'm going to say that one again. Quit giving people in the cheap seats, up in the nosebleed section, an expensive VIP opinion in your life. That might be kind of hard to, hard to hear. That might even be a little hard to swallow, but it's the truth. People that are not doing, they're not in your grind. They're not in your life, helping you build your legacy for your life and your family and your kids and your kids' kids. They ain't got no business telling you nothing. What you do with your life is your business. What you do with your dreams is your business. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump over to a life coaching situation that I had this weekend. It was Friday and she called in. I'm not going to use her name because I haven't asked her if I could put this on here. I'm just going to share her uh, story. She was really thankful about how we handled this. And um, if I, when I talk to her again next week, I'm going to ask her, because I recorded the call, I'm going to ask her if I could take that, that part and I'll add that episode in with this one. But what we talked about was she doesn't like something that her husband does. And it makes her angry that he does it. Well, he just had a kidney surgery, had his kidney replaced. And she asked him if he was going to continue to do X, Y, and Z. And he was like, yeah. Well, that makes her angry. I was like, well, why are you angry? Well, because I don't like it. And I was like, so? What do you mean so? And I was like, it's not his job to make you happy. It's not your job to make him happy. And I know I just twisted a whole bunch of, of husbands and wives brain in a knot just then. Ladies, moms. Wives, I love you from the bottom of my heart, but it is not your job to make your husband happy. Ooh, epiphany. It is not 
your husband's job, contrary to popular belief, to make you happy. It is your job to make you happy. It is his job to make him happy. You guys can add to each other's happiness. You could add happiness into the house, into the home, into the children. But you have to have your own identity. You have to have your own things that make your heart sing. What you do as an entrepreneur, as a mom or a wife, is, may not have anything to do with what he does. That may not be his passion. It's not his job to feed that. It's his job to be the wind up underneath your wings and to support you and to make sure that when you are having those hard days, he gives you a perspective outside the box so that you can go on to that next step. But it's not his job to go all in with you on that on that journey unless that's something that you both want to do. It's not his job. If he's doing something that you don't like, so we'll call it smoking cigarettes. And he, he doesn't smoke cigarettes, but we'll say smoking cigarettes. She doesn't like that he smokes. Okay, so he already said he's not going to stop. So you being mad about him smoking is hurting who? It's hurting you. So are you going to continue to be mad and be pissed off because he's doing something you don't like? Why are you judging him about what it is that he does? That's his decision. That's his body. That's his, that's his cross to bear. It's not your cross to judge him and make him and try to, you're loving him. And so this is, this is where it gets to. You are loving him conditionally. You're loving him with conditions. You're telling him, I will love you if you do what I want you to do. Now let's flip that. Do you want your husband to do that to you? Your boyfriend, significant other, whatever. Do you want him to say, well, I will love you if you do this. I will love you if you do these things for me. I will love you if you fit in this box and never come out of it. Is that going to be okay with you? I would venture to guess not. I'm not okay with it. And, and I'm going to say this. I was in a relationship for a really long time where I got put in that box. I love you as long as you stay in this box. You cannot come out of this box. I was good enough to be in his inbox and I was good enough to be in his bed, but I wasn't good enough to be in his public life. But he covered it up with a whole bunch of pretty words. Baby, I love you and I miss you and I can't wait to see you and you're so awesome. And, you know, I think about what it would be like if, you know, we would, you know, if we really worked this out and, and you know, you've changed so much, and you've grown so much and given me all of this stuff and, you know, always being there when I needed him. But I couldn't put nothing on social media. I couldn't tell anybody that, that we were together. I couldn't take any pictures and put it up on my Facebook. Because there was somebody else in the picture that knew nothing about me and him having this relationship in the secret, behind closed doors, in his inbox. I had to own my part in that relationship. I didn't like it, so I had to do something about it. I either, I had a decision to make. I could either stay 
and be okay with believing that I wasn't worthy of anything more than that, that I wasn't good enough to have anything more than being a secret in somebody's life. Or I had to say, you know what? I'm not okay with this. And you know what? I love you, but like, I'm out, dude. Do you. And it took me a long time to get strong enough to stand in my own power and take my power back and not let him belittle me or make me out to be the bad guy and say that it's all my fault because it wasn't my fault. All I did was call him out on his bullshit. It wasn't his job to make me happy. It wasn't my job to make him happy, but I had to determine what made me happy and what our relationship was, was not happy for me. And I had to leave or otherwise it was going to continue because he was not going to do anything to change the status quo. It was my job. And I left and I had to pat myself on the back for that one. That was a huge step for me in my growth, knowing that, you know what? I did that. I made this happen. And it was amazing. And I gave her that same option. And I was like, okay, so is this a deal breaker? She says, what do you mean? I was like, well, is it a deal breaker? Is him smoking his cigarettes? Is, is that a deal breaker for you? She's like, what do you mean deal breaker? And I was like, well, y'all been married how many years? 20 something, 30 something, whatever that is. She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so are you going to divorce him over his cigarettes? Well, no. And I was like, well, are you going to keep bitching, moaning, groaning, and complaining about it? Well, I don't like it. Why not? Well, because he acts different. Okay, well, he's got Asperger's and it makes him feel better when he smokes. It slows his brain down and he can think better and he doesn't feel as anxious. So why don't you come to a compromise? So let me, let me say this. If I don't know what your belief structure is when it comes to God's source, higher power, inner being, whatever you choose to call your higher power, whatever that looks like. So I, I use all of those terms. If I'm praying, I say God. If I'm meditating, source, higher power, inner being, I use all of those. Um, Jesus, whatever. God is always happy. God is always inside of you. You're, that, that, when, I, when I'm talking about he's inside of you, that's typically when I refer to him as your inner being. It even says in the Bible that God is always inside of you. Your gut instinct, those, those feelings you know, that you get in your gut, those, those inspirations, those little nudges and stuff that you get, that's your inner being. That's your source. That's your higher power. He is always happy. He is always full of love or she, some of y'all believe that God is a she. So whatever that looks like, it's always full of love. It's always giving you inspiration, always giving you motivation, helping you, helping lead you down whatever path it is that you said you wanted to go. He always looks at everybody in your life with love. God knows nothing but love. He knows nothing but love. So if you're feeling at odds with somebody else, that means that you are out of alignment with your inner being. You don't feel the same way he does about the situation. So if you're upset and pissed off about the situation, know that your higher power, God, source, higher being is not. 
he's not upset. He's loving that other person in whatever situation it is. And he's working with them to get through whatever struggles it is that they're going through. But they've got to work that out on their own. It's not your job. So the compromise that we came up with is, you know what? Find a room in the house. Make that his room. You can go smoke in there. I'm going to go to the other side of, of the house. That's going to be my room over there. And I'm going to do my things over there. And then when you're not smoking and I'm not doing my thing, we can meet in the middle and we can be this happy couple. I mean, that's to me, that's a, a fair solution. If it's not a deal breaker to you, there's no sense in complaining because you're going to allow it. If you're not okay with it happening, you have two choices. Either find a way to look at it with a different perspective and let it be okay and come to terms with it and say, okay, this isn't going to change, but it's not something that I'm willing to end my relationship over with. So I'm going to find a compromise, but you get to decide. Now I'm going to, I'm going to stay on the moms for a second. I had a conversation with another friend and she was talking about a friend of hers, a friend of a friend of a friend <laughs> um, whose children had moved out of the house. So this is where we get into the empty nesters syndrome. You know, your kids get grown, they move out of the house. You're used to having kids at home, especially if you were a stay at home mom and you weren't working. Your, your whole life was centered around your children. Everything that they did, your every waking moment of your day was about your children. So now they're not in the house anymore and you are having to figure out who you are again. Like, do you not know that you were a whole person before you had those kids? You were a whole person with dreams, goals, aspiration, things that you wanted to do, passions and desires before you got married. That's the, you, you were all of those things before you got married. Your significant other doesn't take place of who you are. They add to who you are. You were complete before you got married. You were complete before you had children. You should have been happy before you got married. You should have been happy before you had children. Happiness is a choice. I said that in my very first podcast. Let's choose to be happy. Happy is not a destination. Oh, I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I find my mate. I'll be happy when I have a boyfriend. I'll be happy when I have kids. I'll be happy when I have grandkids. I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when I get the new house. I'll be happy when I have the new car. I'll be happy when I go on vacation. You're giving your power away. You're putting your happiness in somebody else's pocket. How's that working out for you? So I'm fixing to twist your brain in another night. When we get, how do I want to word this? When our children move out of the house, they don't owe us any explanation of where they're going, where they're going to live, if they're going to school or college or not. If they want to move to the other side of the country, they don't owe you nothing, mom. 
It's not their job to make you happy. It's not their job to live up underneath you for the rest of their life. It is their job to pursue their dreams, their goals, their desires, their passions, and figure out what makes their heart sing. That is their job. That is what they are meant to do in this life. If it means that they join the service and get transferred to the other side of the world, that's what they're doing because that's what their passion is. That's what that makes their heart sing. If they decide to get married and move to freaking Colorado because they want to live in the snow, you know what? High five. You are chasing your dreams. Let me tell y'all something. I was living in Atlanta in 2017, went to Norway on a leadership retreat with my life coaching company. And when I got home, I was doing a meditation on September 10th, 20th. No, we didn't get home until like the 14th or 15th. I was doing a meditation two days before my birthday, September 20th. When I got out of that meditation, I had seen a, a sign that said San Diego and I heard a whisper that said, get there and I'll show you further. I had already made the decision when I saw that, when I had that vision that I was moving to San Diego. It did not matter what anybody had to say, including my children. Did I want their support? Did I want them to support me? Did I want their well wishes? Did I want them to say, high five mom, hell yeah, go do it? Yes. Every mother wants that, but it didn't matter. Like I said, I had all, ooh, excuse me. I had already made the decision that I was going and there was nothing that anybody could tell me that was going to change my mind. Not my daughter, not my son, not my grandkids. As much as I love my children and my grandchildren, me staying in Atlanta and staying in that little town of where I was at was not my purpose. My purpose in Atlanta was done. It was time for me to spread my wings and go. My passion and my dreams and my vision brought me out here to California. Is California my forever home? Probably not. I would venture to guess, I would venture to say absolutely not. Because I know what my, what my, big, my big dream is, my big goal is. And that means that I'm not going to be in California for the rest of my life. My dreams and goals are huge, man. Will I have a house here in California? Probably because I love San Diego. I think it's beautiful. And I, I, love, I love it here, but I don't think this is going to be my forever home. But, you know, I told my daughter and my daughter was super excited. Now, I had never lived more than three hours away from her. And we are very, very close. She was the one that I was really afraid to tell, if the truth be told. Like, I felt like she was going to have a meltdown on me and beg me not to go. But she didn't. She was like, oh, mom, that is super awesome. I'm like so proud of you. Like, this is so awesome. And so it was really great to get that feedback from her. When I told my son, he's my analytical child. He was just like, well, have you seen the cost of living out there? Well, no. Do you know, like, have you looked at the politics out there? No. Well, people are weird out there. And I was like, well, have you ever been? No. Well, how do you know they're weird? Well, I don't know. I just, I just know. And I was like, well, they probably think you're weird too. Well, those people out there are crazy. Well, you know what? They probably think you're crazy too. If you go into situations and places expecting crazy and weird, then that's what you're going to get. I told him I got a vision from God, source, higher power, inner being, whatever you want to call it. And 
I was going, stepping out on faith that everything was going to work out better than I could even plan it myself, that he had not let me down. And both my kids know how grounded I am in my faith and how connected I am to, to God. And so there was no question about that. Was he worried? Yes. But now that I've been out here for over a year, he's like, you proved me wrong. You know, the one thing that he knows is his mom doesn't know how to quit. She doesn't know how to give up. But I said all of that and I shared that part of my story because it's not my job to live my life through my children. It's my job to live my life for me. It's not my children's job to live their life for me. It's their job to live their life for them. What makes them happy? What makes their passions uh, sing? What makes their desires soar? Whatever dreams it is that they want to chase and make come a reality. Same thing with my grandchildren. Like my 10-year-old granddaughter wants to be a brain surgeon. So I'm going to feed that dream until she tells me that's not what she wants to do. So when you're... Yeah, I, and I'm 51. I'll be 52 in September. I love my children. And whatever they tell me they want to do, and that's their dream, that's their passion, that's their goal, I am 100% in support of that. I mean, unless it's, you know, you want to be a crackhead, then we might, the conversation might change a little bit. <laughs> might not be so supportive of that. But, I mean, you guys get what I'm saying. It's difficult sometimes for us to not attach our heart or our goals or our dreams to our children, to our husband or wife. Can you have dreams and goals that are together that you can work on together? Absolutely. But it's not a necessity and it's not a requirement. If you want that to be part of your destiny, then set that up in the beginning and make sure that your mate that you've chosen or they've chosen you, that you guys are on the same page, that you do have the same passions and you're working toward the same goal and that you're going to be able to work together side by side that way. Like there's a lot of uh, husbands and wives, they have two totally different personalities and they work best separately and do great when they're at home together. But being together 24-7 and working together too, that's not enough <laughs> separation and state for them to have the marriage that they want to have. So you got to think about those things. I wrote something down that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, a lot of times in the beginning stages of our dreams or goals, we feel like we're nowhere. We're just, we're, we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere and we're really not sure where we're going or how to get there. Maybe the dream is just really fuzzy. It hasn't all come into fruition yet. We haven't got all the pieces yet, or, or maybe we just haven't, we've been so disconnected and been such people pleasers We've been living our lives for every, everybody else. We've been living them for our kids. We've been living them for our husband that we're not even sure 
who we are on the inside anymore. We don't even know what our dreams were, or maybe the dreams we had before we got married and had children aren't relevant anymore. If that's the case, you got to go out and start doing things and figuring out what it is. Like, do you like photography? Like, have you thought about getting a camera and go shooting pictures, whether it's of the ocean or animals or, you know, street photography or whatever? Like, Looking through the lens of a camera really gives you a different perspective. You see people in things differently. Like if, if that's not a passion, it's definitely a great hobby to possibly pursue. Do you like playing music? Do you like to paint? Do you like to write? Like I didn't know years ago that I like to write and then I'm actually really good at it. So, you know, writing is another passion of mine, which is added to the things it is that I do with the podcasting and writing the books and being a life coach and teaching classes on top of the personal training. And, you know, so I have all of these, these hats and stuff that I wear, but some things take precedence. Like personal training is a passion of mine, but I'm not passionate about pursuing that as a career anymore. Because there's a ceiling on my income. Because I'm not interested in doing online personal training. That's not part of my passion. That's not part of my vision. So I can only work so many hours in a gym in order to make X amount of dollars. Which puts a cap, puts a ceiling on what it is that I can make. Unless I want to go into management. And I have no desire to go into management. That's just not part of what it is that I do. I am more focused on public speaking, getting in front of a whole bunch of people like I am with this podcast, even though I'm not standing in front of you, but you're listening to me. I can reach more people through a podcast. I can reach more people doing a keynote speech. I can reach more people by writing a book. I can help more people. What I am passionate about And it sets my soul on fire every time I do these podcasts. It sets my soul on fire every time I sit down to write on my book. It sets my soul on fire when I start working on my video program that I'm putting together. It sets my soul on fire just to have a conversation with somebody and I see that light bulb go off in their head. I promise you that you have that inside of you. You know, and sometimes we, we deal with shitty situations, man. Like we have some really shitty situations that go on with our, with our significant other, with our family, or with our extended family, maybe with our parents, our siblings, you know, friends, co-workers, whatever. You know, I, and I've said this in, in several of the podcasts, bad things happen to everybody. Nobody is exempt from having to go through a shitty situation. But until... You learn how, oh, these notes are so great. (laughs) Let me make sure. Until you learn how to make the best or find the win or find the gold in the shitty situation that you just went through, or maybe you went through it a long time ago and you're still dealing with it and you keep bringing it forward with you. But until you learn how to look at that shitty situation from a different perspective, you can't get the benefit of the shit in the, in the situation. We'll say that again. Until you learn how to look at the shitty situation from a different perspective, you can't get the benefit of the shit in the situation. 
You've got to make the best of that situation. However, however that figure, however you do that, however you figure that out, then you get the benefit, the lesson, the lesson that you get from that shitty situation becomes your blessing. Think about that. The lesson that you learned, and sometimes you got to think about it like, okay, so if you keep recreating the same situation over and over and over again, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you, you keep having the same type of guys come through your life. Just the names and the faces have changed. You're the common denominator. Fellas, I'm going to say that for you. You keep having the same type of woman come in your life. Just the names and the faces have changed. You're the common denominator. So what lesson is it that you have to learn in order to break that cycle? Like, what is it that happened in your past that made you want that type of person? Sometimes for me in my situation, the men that I kept attracting because of where I was in my, in my personal growth state or whatever, I attracted men that were users. And what I mean by users, they used my kindness. They used my weakness against me. My weakness was I just wanted to be loved. I wanted to feel love from somebody. I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel needed. As a child, the only way I was ever shown love by an adult male was by them forcing me to have sex with them. So subconsciously for my whole life, <laughs> up until I had that epiphany, and I can tell you when I had that epiphany, it was October of 2013, was when I had the pit, the, had the oh shit moment. Like, oh my God, this is so real. Like this makes so much sense now. And it still took a lot of work to work on myself in order to change that pattern. But in my mind, I, if you had sex with me, you loved me. So I would rush into relationships to have sex because sex was love. Sex is not love. Sex is an additive to love. Sex is a great additive to a relationship if you've already got the foundation built. I said this in a previous podcast where I was talking about relationships that we had gotten from John Maxwell in our, the, a relationship series where he's, uh, it wasn't John Maxwell. It was uh, one of the other pastors at my church back at Churchill Highlands in Birmingham, where he said, if you try to join with somebody physically, before you join with them and until you figured out who you are emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you're always going to be looking for something. You're feeding like you're feeding like an empty bear. And I can't remember the exact quote, uh, but uh, I will put the link to that podcast in my show notes so that you guys got that. And you can go back and listen to that one. But it's, it's so true. Like you can't. You can't use sex as love because you're going to end up getting hurt. And I got like, I had bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. And even like the last relationship I was in, like for the last five years, 
it was a sexual relationship. Did we have great conversation? Did Yes. Did we have great communication? Yes. Did we have great chemistry? Yes. But that was it. There was no foundation. There was no, uh, there was no, there was nothing else coming. There was no happily ever after. There was no potential of getting married. There was no, you know, I don't, I've learned that I don't date to just date. I'm dating with a purpose. Fellas, if you're listening to this, don't make a woman love you if you have no intentions of making her your wife. I go out on dates now. I like I'm on a couple of different dating sites. I'm very single. When I meet somebody, I know on that first date, this isn't going to work. I I had a date a couple of weeks ago. And we sat down and we were talking and he got offended by something that I he misunderstood what it was I was saying. And he's very sensitive, evidently, and got offended that I said, well, did that make sense? I was explaining something that I do in my life coaching. And I was like, you know, I do X, Y, and Z, and this is how this works out. And, you know, this is the program that I use, da, 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 da. I was like, does that make sense? And, I, and then I said, does that make sense or did I just blow your mind? I think was the, was the actual phrase. And I said that a couple of times during the conversation. And he finally just stopped me and he was like, I noticed that you keep saying this to me, but you know, I've got four advanced degrees. There's nothing that you could possibly say to me that's going to blow my mind or is going to not make sense to me. I can make sense of anything. And I was like, whoa, bud, chill. Like if, you got super sensitive about that. I was like, you had a deer in the headlights look. And so I was just making sure that I didn't need to explain it in a different way. Everybody learns things and understands things at different levels. So you got offended by that. And that made you like all PC and stuff. We're not going to get along. So this will be our last date. I said that right there sitting down. I finished my glass of wine, said thank you for dinner and um, take care. I left. Boy, bye. I've had other days like we did a coffee date. I went there 15 minutes. It was time to go. I had another coffee date. I sat there and talked to him for over two hours and lost track of time because it was amazing. And we had this awesome connection and chemistry. I'll go out with him again. Very <laughs> I rarely get him to go out on a second date because I, I, I know like this isn't going to work. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want them to waste my time. I'm very clear on what it is that I want and what direction it is that I'm going. And I need you guys to figure that out. Like it's powerful to know where it is that you're going. So a minute ago, I was like, you know, it may feel like you're standing in the middle of nowhere. But when you figure out what it is that you want and you find that passion and you find that goal and you find that dream, you move the space in that word nowhere and it now becomes now here. So write that down on a piece of paper, write the word nowhere and then up underneath it, write now here. It's what you do with the space that matters. So you may be feeling like you are nowhere. You don't know where it is that you're going. 
But when you find that passion and you find that goal and you find that dream, you're going to be able to take that space and you're going to do all the protect, all the productive, consistent things that you need to do so that you can say, I am now here. And when you get to that now here, your goals and dreams are going to change and you're going to have another goal and dream and you're going to feel like you're nowhere again for a few minutes. Because you've got to figure out X, Y, and Z in order to get to the new now here. It's a beautiful thing to have those things working synergistically with you. And you guys are awesome. And, and, and I know it feels like I'm all up in your grill today. And I really am. <laughs> um, I don't think I've been like yelling today like I was the last two weeks. So um I hope that that is is good and that you guys are really getting this. And, you know, I just want to recap for a second, okay? You may feel like you are nowhere, but soon you will be now here. It's what you do with the space that matters. Let go of your mom guilt or your dad guilt. You owe nobody an explanation of why it is you do what you do. Stop giving people up in the cheap seats a VIP expensive opinion in your life. Other people's opinion of what it is that you do and how you do it is none of your business. That includes your significant other and your children and your extended family members. Don't shrink down your dreams to make other people comfortable with where it is that you're going. It's not their business. Their dreams are their dreams. Your dreams are your dreams. And everybody don't need to know your dream, man. I think I said that in the last podcast. Everybody don't need to know your dream. There's too many dream stealers out there. If somebody doesn't have a dream and doesn't want to lock arms with you and help you make yours happen, don't be telling them your stuff. You guys are amazing. And I love you. And I want to see you live your best life. And so what I want to close with is there was a, I was, I had my uh, personal training at the gym and I was, uh, I teach a boot camp. I got six classes a week where I coach a boot camp. And you've heard this song on the radio while we're playing uh, on iHeartRadio. And uh, I think the title of it is, uh, I just want you to be happier. Lately, I've been thinking, I I just want you to be happier. And I cannot sing, so that is really terrible, but that is going to be funny. But I got to thinking when that song came on, we need to say that to ourselves. That's not somebody else's place to say that to us. It's not your husband's place to say, I want you to be happier. Although it would be great if he said, I want you to be happier. It's not his job to make you happier. It's your job to make you happier. It's your job to make you happier. And happiness is a choice. And I'm going to keep saying that like a broken record until you get it. I want you to be happier. I want you to get in front of a mirror, go in your bathroom. And I want you to look yourself in the face. Look yourself in the eye and say, damn girl, I want you to be happier. Say your name. I, Tammy, I want you to be happier. What does that look like? What makes your heart sing? I want you to be the happiest woman on the face of the planet. Be hard for me to 
top what it is that I have now. I'm so ecstatic about life and living and breathing and everything it is that I got going. And I'm so excited for all of the awesome things to come with the podcast and the book. And I just reserved my ISBN number for my second book. And my first book is not even out yet. And that is just wild to me. Um, But I'm just like so excited about life. I'm excited about the big, deep breath that I take every morning when I wake up. You know why? Because there was a time in my life where waking up and breathing generally pissed me off and I didn't want to breathe anymore. I like life had beat me down so bad that I just didn't want to live. And I don't want that to be you. I want you to be happier. But it's not my job to make you happier. It's my job to help you figure out why you're not happy and help you figure out what's going to make you happy so you can make you happy. Remember, you've got to learn the lesson in the shitty situations before you can get the blessing from the from the shitty situation. Say that five times fast. <laughs> it's not your kid's responsibility to make you happy. It's not your kid's responsibility to live their life through you. It's their job to themselves to figure out whatever it is that makes their heart sing and go do that. Even if that means that they move across the country or on the other side of the world to do it. As a mom, it's your job to be the wind beneath their wings and let them fly out of the nest and go do that. It's your job, mom, to put your oxygen mask on first and to make yourself happier to find your own passions and your own dreams and your own goals and create your life for you. Don't live for somebody else. Live your life for you. You are responsible for you and you alone. So are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen to your heart? Are you ready to listen to your soul that is singing to you to say, go do that? Meditation is a great way to get in, get in a deeper connection with God's source, higher power, inner being. And I think I explained this in, in my podcast, Prayer Versus Meditation, or Prayer and Meditation, The Real Truth. Prayer is where you talk to God and tell Him what it is that you want and you give Him thanks and appreciation for all the things that you already have. Meditation is where you quiet your mind and listen for what it is that He wants to tell you. We have over 60,000 thoughts that are running through our head on any given day. And for the average person, 45,000 of those thoughts are negative. That means you only have 15,000 positive thoughts in your head. If you haven't already started working on shifting that number at least to 30-30, where it's 50% positive, 50% negative, because once you get to that 50%, It's so much easier to shift it on the other side and get to that 75 positive, 25 negative, or even better. Once you make that shift, all that self-talk that you have in your head shifts. There'll be no more negative stuff going on in your head and you can hear all of those beautiful things being said. So when you do your meditation and you quiet your mind, that allows God to skip a flat rock 
across a pond so that you can hear his whisper. It says in the Bible, he talks in a still, quiet voice. If your mind is like a thrashing around angry ocean with all those negative thoughts, he could throw the Empire State Building in there and you wouldn't hear a word. You guys are amazing. You are awesome. And I love you to the moon and back. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. I hope that you got some value and some awesome tools and tips out of this podcast. And I would love to hear your feedback. Oh, MG, I almost forgot to tell you guys about the awesome surprise that I told you I was going to have this week. Um, I have been working on setting up a private Facebook group for my podcast. Yay! So it's called Life Awakening Pod on Facebook. I will put the link in my show notes. I wanted to do that because with all the different platforms that I, my podcast is on between uh, Spotify and Apple and Google and uh, Stitcher and TuneIn, like there's really not a way for me to communicate with you guys unless you're already on my one of my Facebook friends or um, yeah, unless you're one of my Facebook friends or one of my IG friends or whatever. So I wanted to set up a community where you guys could talk to me personally. So like I'll be in the group. I'll be doing Facebook lives in the group. Sometimes I will record the podcast right there in the group and you guys can share share in the podcast with me. Ask me questions and we'll do a Q&A right there and make the podcast from that. Um, that also gives, your guy, gives you guys a voice. You know what I mean? You can be in there. You can ask me questions. You'll have a community of other people who are listening to my podcast too. So you guys are getting all the same information and we can share things with each other and we can help grow and build each other up and make this whole community better. Like this is going to be our tribe, guys. Guys and gals, <laughs> this is going to be a tribe. So I do ask questions in order for you to join the group. You are free to share the group with whoever you want to do it. Uh, I just ask that you are a listener and tell me what your um, what platform that you listen to my podcast on and what is your favorite episode. So those are the three questions that I ask for you to join. Uh, like I said, I would love for you to share it with all your friends, share it on your social media and say, hey, come check this out. And that way I, and I will put some, I will put my podcast in that group too. So if um, you've got some friends that haven't listened to it on an actual podcast platform, they can listen to, uh, they can listen to them inside the group. So that was my big surprise. I wanted to get that ready and get it all set up for you guys. And I'm super excited to announce that. And um, let's, let's, uh, let's get the, the community going guys. Let's, let's build our tribe. Yeah. Let's build our tribe. Super awesome. All right. So I love you guys to the moon. I hope you have the most amazing week ever and I will see you soon. Bye-bye now.